0: Mr Pop (laughs) We might
1: record a eulogy to you just in case we need it Okay (laughs) That's a saver This is Rock and Roll Your weekly shot of sport and music With Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine Hello Mark Fine, hello Brian Mannix, hello Kevin Hillier, hello Rock and Roll Hello Hello Mr. Fine, how are we all? I'm very well, thank you, Mr. Mannix. Uh,
0: hello, and uh, welcome to 2023. Yeah, geez,
1: doesn't seem that long ago we were, you know, talking about it, but here it is. Uh, and uh, and welcome from me. Uh, welcome to another year of rock and roll. This is a bonus episode uh, because we weren't expecting Finey back until next week, and we're going to record next week, but we're going to throw a, one in a couple of days early for you because he's returned and he's full of the joys of spring.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Good to be back. Oh, glad yeah. to be. I've had it, I'll tell you about it shortly. But, yes, but I'll, I've just flown in from Singapore today. You know, because we're always working the program about Brian flying in from somewhere, flying in. So I'm very glad to say that I'm. I've just greaded in from Singapore.
1: <laughs> right. uh, yeah, no no uh, airline issues, no luggage issues, no deportation Nothing, issues. None, none, none. Oh, I'm going hey, to Brian, say, you know what that means? He got the drugs in.
0: The border security <laughs> has <laughs> let us down.
1: Oh,
2: so I've got a good story about that. Oh, God. <laughs> no, not really. It's not a good story. It's oh, not a story. Okay. Um, all So, it lets- so we're. Oh, I'll just tell out. you when we yeah. when we arrived, yeah. when we your were bogey, sort of walking to get our your bogey, luggage,
0: bo- your boogie board case was <laughs> missing.
2: Yeah, I tell you, there were so many people coming in from overseas this morning at Melbourne Airport. They were just flat strapped just to get people through. So, you know, good luck checking people. But as we were walking from the airplane, you know, to collect your baggage. There was a big A-frame sign up that said, "Channel Seven are filming border security today. If you have, <laughs> if you do not want to be filmed, let the, let the production team know." Which I thought was just a very clever way for Australian federal police to catch anybody doing the wrong thing, because surely anybody who goes up and says, "Don't film me," has something to hide makes sense so yeah there was I desperately trying to do something wrong because I wanted to get filmed
1: <laughs> no no taker whatsoever no good
2: no apparently apparently you know going into the toilet coming out to just- Warren's suspicious behaviour in Melbourne.
1: Getting the baby powder and sprinkling it all over the top of your head, and then letting it float down. Walking out, going, "Oh, yeah, oh. It
2: should have been. That's, that's funny, actually, because because Nat had this stuff that she took away with her, all right, And it's called it's called boob dust, right? And you just, it's. it's It's like the old talcum powder, whatever, you know. Anyhow, you know, you obviously use it to stop sweating. But I appropriated it and started using it as ball dust. (laughs) And I actually I actually got that to take it on the flight because I thought, you know, it's a you know, leaving Vietnam, it's hot and steamy, but that could have got me into trouble. White powdered, white powder emitting from my groin. (laughs) I forgot to use it. (laughs)
1: How do you get that to snort? That said, the elephant. Um, uh, So was Linda. You were there for what? Nearly three weeks. You're away. Yeah, just on three weeks. Three, three weeks and a bit. You're (laughs) as brown as a berry, um, uh, which which, you know doesn't work on a podcast. But you're a darker shade of Mannix, which is a new colour that they're they're working on.
0: Perhaps we should perhaps we should let everybody know where you've been. Oh, to. Two nights
2: in Singapore and three, basically three weeks in Vietnam, All right. which was brilliant. A combination of Ho Chi Minh City and Hoi An, which is a big city and a sort of, a, a really old city, but tourist touristy, fun, great Hoi An, and then a couple of resorts and, a, and a, a, an island that's not really developed yet. So a really good collection of local stuff, did a bit of the you would have loved the war stuff in Ho Chi Minh. I know you're into Yeah. War, Brian. Yeah, I went
0: I've been to, to the, the museums great.
2: Yeah, it's pretty confronting, you know, that I think this is known right throughout Southeast Asia. They don't apparently when there's like a, a car accident or something in Thailand, they put it on the news, they film they just go in there and film, you know. The wreckage, the people in it, that, oh. that, they don't sugarcoat anything at that war museum, I tell you. Oh. And then we we went to the tunnels. The oh, famous, yeah. Yeah. They built 250 kilometres of tunnels, pretty amazing, you know, with cooking facilities, sleeping quarters, but tiny. And you get to go in the tunnels and there's like a 20 metre, you can go 20 metres, 40 metres, 60 metres or 100 metres. So how far do you reckon I've got?
1: 20. 20.
2: 100. You see, my ego, and let me tell you, (laughs) there were plenty of people got in there, very few went 100. It is stiflingly hot, no air. Some of it you've got a belly crawl, but most of it you've got a commando crawl, you know, thighs, all in your thighs and quads. But you go in with a member of the Vietnamese Army. Right. And I said to him, he didn't speak. He spoke a little bit of English, and he said, um, "I said to him, you go, I follow, and as far as you go, I'll go.'" And after forty metres, he goes, "Okay, we stop." And I said, "No, mate, we're still going."
1: Good wow. for you. No, I couldn't do it. I'm too claustrophobic to do that. Uh, and yeah, then, that,
2: the, that, that that couldn't go near. It. I mean, the one, if the ones, you got
0: one, you It says if you're
2: claustrophobic, if you're claustrophobic, got a heart condition. Pregnant, or the last one was just fantastic. Or prone to injury or death, <laughs> don't go in it. <laughs> yeah, if I'm prone to death, what am I doing on holiday? <laughs> I,
0: yeah. I heard those tunnels have actually been made a little bit bigger for the tourists. Yeah, yeah they than, are. than what they were for the the NVA. Twenty five
2: percent bigger or thirty percent bigger because they Bad were
0: Americans.
2: built. Yeah, they were built specially by the. NVA, North Vietnamese, or the Viet Cong, to fit them, but they didn't want anybody else getting in them. Yeah, right. And they are Gee. very, very small as it is. It's a so, pretty good but, tactic,
0: though, isn't it? You know, if you get a fight a war, yeah, let's just crawl underground and get all that shit done that way. We'll pop up here, shoot a few people and disappear. Well, they made the
1: most of their advantage. The, they turned what, what would seemingly be a disadvantage in a fight into an advantage, and that was their size, their physical size.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, they, as, any, as anybody would, when you're defending your own country, you, you go tooth and nail. But they, they came up with some pretty ingenious and horrific ways to fight with bamboo and sticks. Oh, some of
0: the booby traps you see in the movies. Well, they, like, they, oh. they had all
2: the booby traps there. Oh, my
0: God. Yeah. Like a pit I mean, they, they had it all figured it out. out. Like that. Pun? Yeah. They had like a pit with spikes in it. And yeah. Well,
2: I mean, they had different pits with different forms of spikes in it. Yeah, right. You know, some that you fell just straight on top of. Others that, you know, you just couldn't get, you couldn't, you, there was no. Um, there was no; they were deeper. There was no bamboo on the bottom, so you'd survive it, but you couldn't climb out of it.
0: Oh, they, and some, they want
2: they wanted those for prisoners.
0: Oh, okay. And sometimes they just do some a small one where you just go through your foot, and then you'd
2: be, yeah yeah that's right. You'd, yeah, you the, know,
0: slowing slowing slow the whole squad down.
2: Yeah, and they um, and there was in in huts you'd open the door of the hut or you'd go in the hut and it yeah. was and in i think in vietnamese it was called something like um, grandma grandma's hello and it was a swinging wall of bamboo you know skewers oh, yeah but it was built in such a way that if you fend it off the part of it like you try to fend it off the top half, it was made in two halves, so the bottom half had just come flying into you oh. or vice versa. It was like it was on a hinge, so you yeah. couldn't you couldn't shield your whole body. So, but, you know, I, and I watched a few, I, I thought while I was there at night, I watched a few documentaries made by Americans, you know, and I mean both sides were there to fight. It's easy now. Oh, look. I don't know. I, I do know the politics of it. It was pretty simple. It was America's paranoia about communism or, or America's um, rightful concerns about communism. I, I, history will show. But all the Vietnam vets said almost to a man they're proud of serving their country and they, they're proud of the cause, but it was a complete. Up when they got there, yeah. The Americans just didn't know how to fight in those conditions, and they were.
1: Is it is I, it I, is it as a chronicle of what happened there, or is it a celebration of what happened there, or how, how is it kind of how is it? I, I've never been there, and I probably will never go. I don't think I don't really you have you
2: a. a you Yeah, I don't, nice. I don't have a great
1: affinity to want to go to a place where I'll be steamingly hot. Um, no, it wasn't hot. Oh, okay.
2: Like it was twenty-seven during the day. It was really nice weather.
1: Mild at night. Oh, okay. Um, Have you been, Brian? You've been to Vietnam?
0: No, I was going to because um, I just see all the army stuff and stuff. But um, I, I had such a hard time crossing the road in Bali. And, you know, I hate cars and, you know, vehicles and shit. And I thought, my God, if I'm having freakouts with crossing the road in Bali, from what I understand in Vietnam, it's just you just got to walk and there's cars everywhere. And yeah, they, in Ho Chi,
2: Minh City, Ho Chi Minh City, you just walk. They're, they're motorbikes. And it's real, as long as you go at the same speed, you don't stop and panic. Yeah. They, they miss you. Oh.
1: Oh. But,
2: but you're, you're crossing 15 lanes of traffic.
0: Yeah, that sort of doesn't really appeal to me.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, you wouldn't if you don't like it, you wouldn't do it. But every other city, which is smaller, is just normal, normal traffic lights and pedestrian crossings and you've got no problems.
0: Can you do like an, an apocalypse now tour and just go down the river and sort of stop off and do shit?
2: Yeah, well, we went down the Mekong Delta. Yeah, cool. You go down the river, we actually stayed in a place on an island in the river. Um The Vietnamese are just such nice people.
1: Yeah, everyone says that.
2: So that's one thing. You know they're going to be nice anywhere you go in the world they're going to be nice because they want your business. But I'm just talking about walking past people on the street, just people that, you know, they're just very nice people and they, whether it's Americans or Australians whatever, they they bear no grudges or anything. There's no sentiment about the war. It's... They, they sort of just, in recollecting it, they just tell the tale of that they were defending their country, which they were. Yep, really.
1: Yeah. Now, why were but, you shooting an AK forty-seven machine well,
0: gun? Well, well that you was because you that, you were defending their country. <laughs> that was great fun. So <laughs> it
2: it things in Australia have just become too too. Um, Regimented too sanitized, orderly. yeah too orderly o h and s whatever you know yeah, so i knew I knew that they said when you go to the tunnels and you get a we had this really good tour guide, just one you know one on one or one on two, just her and me and natalie, and it was a great tour, really interesting, and then there's this part the whole time you're there, it's actually quite um I wouldn't even say unsettling. It's actually quite atmospheric. You can just hear guns and machine guns as you're walking through the jungle, and it's not like a tour in Australia where everything would be roped off and go along this path or whatever. You sort of go in there and just you sort of follow around a basic path, but you, you can go you can wander wherever you want. Just told be careful because there's a few booby traps that they haven't found yet. So oh, oh, good. So watch your step, step, live, step lively. Now they say they said just be careful because there's a few um, display booby traps, but they're clearly marked. Otherwise, just go for
0: it. Anyhow, maybe maybe we should do that in the bank and at the airport when you go to the big <laughs> tourist. So you go wherever you want, but there are a few booby traps set up. So you know,
2: take your, take your chances. Yeah, yeah, correct. But the whole time, it's like you're in. It's absolutely like you're in a the hot zone in a war, because you're hearing sporadic gunfire then sporadic machine gunfire. Clear as day. You finally get to the area where it's happening and the smell of, I mean, what is, uh, you know, you always say the smell of, it's not gunpowder, what is it? Death, smell of
0: death, smell of death.
2: No, there's no dead bodies, but it's this you know, the smell
0: of that it's not it's not the complete experience.
2: No, not complete. But it's the it's the very, very heavy smell of you know, when you fire a gun, the gunpowder. I mean they call it gunpowder, but it's what is it, cordite or something? I don't know what it is actually. Um and the smoke you know there's there's just the smoke from firing so many guns and machine guns so the bullets aren't cheap so you've got to decide because i'm using an, an an automatic rifle or a semi-automatic and you know if i hold the finger down i'm going to be going through like 50 bucks in 20 seconds so it's such a powerful gun and i've i fired a few quite a few guns in my life but an ak-47. Frocky that's a powerful gun it's all live ammo
1: so it's the yeah, rambo, it's the rambo machine gun is that is it basically no what no, it is? No, no, no. No, no 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 no
0: it's uh, it's the russian uh, machine yeah. gun which actually performed better in um vietnam because it was sort of parts of it are wood and it yep. adapted to the weather better whereas the uh, m16s i think that the yanks used yeah. they would jam a lot in the weather and the mud so the ak47 was actually the weapon of choice for that kind of environment.
1: Oh, here you go. I
0: love
2: so, it. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big firing range, long-range long, long range targets, quite big. And they've got these big screens set up with bullseyes. Now, the problem is they were made out of material and I knew that I was shooting well. Uh, well actually, any time I've ever held a gun, I've been a good shot. I knew I was, hitting, you know, going through the centre of these targets, but, but because it, you go through it, then behind it you hit the the dirt behind it, the the sort of earth behind it, and that's where the puff of dust comes up. So Natalie gets on my case, goes, you keep missing.
1: Yeah.
2: So I turn around and shot her.
1: No, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was no. just a- are you're they live bullets? Are they real bullets you're shooting? Or oh, they, yeah. They are yeah, real? All bullets. All big, powerful,
2: you know, I don't know what calibre they are, but they are big bullets. It takes four at a time unless you put a belt in it. Yeah, it takes four singles or a belt, you know, and you fire it and that comes injecting out. So they had, they had, it must have been, I would say, Half a K, 500 metres away. Wow. Four to 500 metres away, they had witches hats. So I had like five bullets left and there were like three, there were five witches hats. And so I said to the guy who was loading it, I said, I'm shooting at those and we finally worked out. I hit the first one. He goes, he couldn't believe it. And then before he could reload it, I hit the next two and he, went and grabbed one of the other Vietnamese guys to watch me shoot. And I fing missed the last
1: two. <laughs> <Gushy>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but he grabbed he grabbed like the, it was obviously not that common that my first three shots just hit the hit that little they were little orange cones, you know, the little plastic witches hats, but the small ones.
0: And then the last two hit these little yellow people.
2: Oh, stop it, Brian! <laughs> <laughs> Settle, but um, <laughs> but he literally gathered everybody around to stop shooting and come and watch me. Uh, good.
1: Good oh, God. good for you. No,
2: but, and 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 yeah, I missed the last no because it was not good because i the two I missed, so I missed the last two. <laughs> he takes the gun, they go, probably with gun, bad gun. I said, No, it was me, mate. It's very yes. nice of you to say that, but no, very good, very good indeed. That was fun. So what were you boys up to while I was shooting
1: witches hats? I've been very boring. I've been at uh, Inverloch for the uh, for the last six weeks, and we've just been lolling around doing bits and pieces of work and mostly just lolling around and enjoying some beautiful fresh air and uh, some sunshine and uh, some peace and serenity.
2: Do you, do you go fishing
1: down there? No, I'm not a fisherman. Don't have the patience for it. Don't, don't really... No, never cared. I fished a fair bit when I was a kid with my dad off his boat and stuff, but no, I don't do yeah. that anymore. No, just lie around, just enjoy going for a walk down the beach and just taking that easy from that point of view. Right. Brian's been doing Elvis impersonations at his brother's place and what else have you been doing, Mano?
0: Um Well, I've been walking around the uh, Gold Coast. So the other day we covered back from – we walked up to Southport a bit further. And we're walking back, and we see these fourteen-year-old kids jumping off the bridge. Uh-huh. You know, we we'd had enough to think, yeah, let's jump off the bridge. So um, you know, we climb out, we jump off the bridge. Goes, oh, that's pretty good. The water's beautiful. Come out, and you know, I jumped off the bridge about five or six times, which was terrific. And then later on, I'm down at the in Orchid Avenue, and I'm talking to these people from the tattoo parlor, and um, this guy goes, I actually rode a bull shark there. There used not to be a, um, a bridge and he said that he was swimming across it and a bull shark came underneath him and he didn't know what it was. And then his other mate with an anchor of a tattoo on his face was telling me how he went down to the where the canals meet the ocean or whatever and he said he caught 25 bull sharks in about four hours and he said, look, if you want to go bull shark hunting, I'll show you, I'll give you the GP, uh, whatever you do, the GP position and where you can catch them. So I won't be jumping off the bridge again, but I think I might go bull shark hunting. That could be <laughs> a little, little bit of an adventure.
1: I saw a video. Yeah. I'll put the video up on the on the um, rock and roll platforms, I'll, and I'll put the photo up that you sent me, a fine with your AK-47. Um <laughs> so hang on. So the bull sharks were in that where you you and that girl was that Phil's wife that you jumped off the into the yeah with yeah. okay. So you jumped into that. So the that water there that you jumped into is where he said there were bull sharks. And all
0: of the canals. All the canals are full of bull sharks up here. There's more canals than there are in Oh yes, yeah, because all
1: the canals go back onto Chevron, Chevron Island around that one, and that area, Capri yeah. Island and all yeah.
0: that. They go everywhere. Um, as I said, there's more canals here than there are in Venice. Ah, oh, that's a lot of bullshark. <laughs> no, it's – well, that's a lot of bullshark. Which shark,
1: one did you jump in, Brian, the far canal?
0: Yeah, I, that's what I yelled out when I jumped. So, <laughs> yeah, um, sure. yeah. yeah. Did you know yeah. that there
1: was yeah, – clearly not – you had no idea that there was any fishery of any description that might have been
0: underneath you in that water? Well, look, I, I just assumed that the 14-year-olds knew what they were doing. Oh, you Of know? course. And um, But, no, I wouldn't go swimming across a canal here. And this guy that seems to know all about it, he said that, you know, people think that dusk and dawn are the worst time for sharks. And he said, well, it is because you're probably the only one in the water. But, you know, if there's 300 of you, you're probably good to go. But he said the middle of the day when it's warm, that's when they get a bit active. So it was pretty poor timing in every respect, this jumping off the bridge. But anyway... <laughs> We
2: go, hey, Brian. Can I ask you something again? Completely useless for a podcast. <laughs> is that view behind you? Is that fair income, or is that something you've just set up for your podcast?
0: No, there we
1: go. Uh, that's his That's his view. The big building yeah. what floor are you on, Brian? How high 15, up are you? Six, 15, 16, 15. 15. You bastard. Yeah, it's very nice. The views, the views, that's- spectacular, and you do get you do get a fair. Wa- there you go. There's the water. It's not like it's just buildings.
2: Say something, Brian, so I can see it. What
0: yeah. here um, I am and it's at night time. All the, wow, the lights the lights of the buildings are great. You can see the mountains over the backyard, and, and you know, yeah, and all that thing down there. That
1: oh, like can you that. see Tambourine Mountains from there? Oh
0: shit, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I watch, I watch the sun go down up behind them every night. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, it's got, it's got a view for every type of the day. So it's just, thank you, God. Although, however, all the bills are coming. You know the month where, you know, you get all the bills seem to come, the ones that you don't really want?
1: Yes, the the you mean the annual bill?
0: <laughs> you know, you get your house insurance and your yep. car insurance and your car rental and all that shit. Yep. Yeah, I'm having one of them. I've got the body but I've got the rates, I've got the water bill, I've got the electricity bill. Oh, there might be Vegemite sandwiches for the next couple of nights, I think, fellas. The bulls. All the bulls are coming in. <laughs> I'll get some bull shark and <laughs> eat bull <sharks. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: Now, what are what are the highlights from the trip, uh, Finding The food? Well, what, you food. Eat? All right. Now, I'm just going to tell you this. I
2: know, I, I know you're both...
0: I prefer well, no, you tell it. I prefer that you just tell us rather than mime it because it is a bit confusing for the listeners. So <laughs> yeah, just tell true. just just tell it.
2: I'll tell you how it is. It was magnificent. We went. Do you like seafood?
1: Oh yeah, I love it.
2: Who doesn't? Who doesn't? I like it. Right. Good. So we went to Candao Island. Now Candao Island is it's near a place called Fukok Island. Fukok is the big built-up touristy island, Kandao very much in its early development for tourism. Only a couple of hotels there. all the restaurants really are for the locals. All the restaurants in the front of the restaurant it's it's, just, it's obviously seafood because it's an island. They've got lobsters, but, you know, you say shrimp, live shrimp. They've got this thing called a mantis shrimp, which is something between a lobster and a shrimp. They've got eight different types of live fish. They've got eels. They've got ant, crabs, all live. And you just go along there, pick whatever you want. They'll pull it out live for you. You can have a bit of rice with it. You don't even have to have rice. They grill it right in front of you on these Barbecues, beautiful hot coal barbecues, and then they put the sauces on them. I mean, if you if you just if you think of seafood paradise, that is it. Oh, it is, no. you know, and and the good thing is, you go. I'll have one of those, one of those, two of those. You eat it, and then we decided. Well, you know what? We don't have to keep eating here. Let's go for a walk. We went for a walk. And then just stopped at another place and had two more prawns or a crab, you know. I mean, that's how they actually do it. They don't necessarily camp at one restaurant. They'll just, yeah, I'll have a crab from there and then go and have a beer somewhere. Whenever they're sitting around, oh, this is interesting, something sporting. So the entire time I was there, the AFF, the Asian Football Federation Championships, were on for all the teams in Southeast Asia. And Vietnam were playing every second night because they made it through to the final. And when they were playing, obviously, every place <coughs> the TV was on and the beers came out. And because I stopped to watch the soccer, they were constantly inviting me to sit down and join them. No money involved, you know, just come have a whiskey or a beer and watch the soccer. Was fantastic.
1: <laughs> uh, good. Is it was, expensive? Is eating expensive there? And I know grog is. I've been told is is notoriously expensive. No, no, grog's not not a beer. Okay, but
2: but I'm not a big drinker. Yeah. Um, as long as you don't order steak, like every now and then you'd see steak on the menu, Australian sirloin or West Margaret River beef, like a hundred bucks for a steak. But if you wanted a like you know, they do great they put the oysters just very quickly on the barbecue with some black bean sauce or something. You can get six oysters and a dozen prawns. No, six oysters, six prawns for about, about thirty bucks.
1: Uh, that's good. Yeah, Somebody and then liked. but
2: then but then the basic thing, the one that everybody loves, you know, the faux, the big bowl of soup and you get that on the street, and you you can eat on the street, no problems, no problems whatsoever.
0: What about for somebody like me, finally? Is there a McDonald's or a KFC somewhere?
2: (laughs) They've got, in the cities they've got Macca's or Burger King, but, you know, why stay and surface? They've got more. So (laughs) 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 Um, you've got more choices in that department. But, you know, I mean, the bar me, you know, the role that they do, and they do that with grilled beef or whatever, just fresh herbs. But a, a, a pho, a beautiful big soup, about two bucks.
1: Oh, okay. Wow. Very nice. Wow. Very nice. Yeah. So you're rested and, uh, and ready to uh, back into the grindstone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to, you know, went
2: to the shop today, saw the Gap's Got to start cooking tomorrow, but I'm actually looking forward to it. You know, it's good when it's your own business. It's well, I think it's much harder to go back to work if you're in an office or something.
0: Yeah. Will it? Will there be any Vietnamese kind of delicacies appear on the menu? Or?
2: Now Nat said, Nat said, we've got to do this. We've got to do that. It's not really our clientele, but I will right. be making some stuff at home. I, The way they present food, actually, like we're having a barbecue night because they haven't had a steak in three weeks, so the first thing I did was I went down to Paran Market, bought some steaks. But the way they do stuff is actually very clever. You know, they just have grilled meat or grilled seafood, lettuce leaves, herbs, some dipping sauces, slice a bit of steak. You can wrap it in a a lettuce leaf. Then you can put on whatever sauce you want. It's actually a really nice way to eat. Very yep. healthy and and it and, and very much what we eat anyhow. It's it's steak and salad, but rather than just chop, you know, you can have it sort of as a wrap or whatever. It's, it's we're going to do it tonight. You know, I think I think it's an easy way to eat. Yeah.
0: Don't these salads have like five ingredients that are a must, and one of them is nuts?
2: Oh, they they love putting yeah. yeah. Hey Brian, yeah. For a man who wants to eat a Burger King and Maccas all the time, you seem to know your Vietnamese food pretty much.
0: Oh, I don't mind watching uh, Luke, Luke Nguyen doing, yeah. cruising around Vietnam and cooking up some stuff. that's good. Yeah,
2: yeah. So that's exactly right. That They would have a lettuce leaf and then they've got some mint, coriander, Thai basil, um, maybe some, some red onion, and they love for texture, which I love. Bit of nuts. Roasted, crushed, roasted peanuts.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I
2: it's think all about. Really good. Um, it's it's yeah. only it's for texture, and it's just you have it on steak, you have it on seafood. You don't have to. And they also in the, in the lettuce wrap, they do these. You know the the fine white noodle, they sort of sew them into a little cake. So you get noodles in there, or priced, um, and it's. It's real sit-out and share food and that. The other thing is Nat and I are both very social. So, you know, if we're in the pool and there's people from America or Germany, we (coughs) like striking up a conversation. You know, you go out and meet with them and stuff. It's good
0: fun. You didn't mention the war to the Germans, I trust.
2: (laughs) Well, I did because I said, well, you know, I didn't mention the war, but I said...
1: The Vietnamese War.
2: (laughs) I didn't mention the Vietnamese, but I said you, 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 guys to the Germans said you guys would be keen to start another war because you're due a whip. <laughs> you're due <do> a win. <laughs> uh,
0: beautiful, beautiful,
1: beautiful. Yes. Uh, now uh, I, I, I
2: said to, I, I, I say to Germans all the time. I said, why don't you? Why don't you start a war with um, Granada? You, you're both still in maiden class. You're yet
1: to win <laughs> <one>. <laughs> They're still in maiden class. I don't, think, I don't think they talk about wars like that, but anyway. Uh, yeah. Now, a uh, few things have been going on uh, while we've been away. Uh, we've, uh, seen, uh, we're have seen. we going to go through the, um, the people who passed since the LR show and, and bloody list is long and getting longer as it did today with the passing of Renee Gaya. Um,
0: yeah I saw that,
1: that. She yeah. was a, a mainstay Did you know her Brian?
0: Uh, yes I did um, Didn't always get on very well with her But um, I'm happy to say That we we uh, Finished life as friends So yeah, yeah. so um, I spent quite a bit of time with her on the Countdown spectacular In 2006 And yeah we got on very well at that point But you know in, earlier in the 80s We didn't get on very well at all But that doesn't mean anything. Um no. she's a hell of a singer. Oh, and yeah. um, you know, um unfortunately she had a problems with certain, you know, uh, substances and um you know I think it was a difficult life in a lot of ways. And uh she was a very strong woman who scared scared me. I would going want to be on the wrong side of she her. She
1: scared the bejesus out of a lot of people and and uh, because People just weren't used to a strong woman walking in and going, well, this is what I want.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she wouldn't take shit from anybody.
1: No, and and 30, 30, 40 years ago, that was unheard of. Now, I mean, it's far more uh, happening these days. But 30 or 40 years ago when Renee walked in and said, I'm not talking about that, I'm not doing this, I I don't want to do that, we're going to play this song in the interview, you sort of sat back and went, Jesus Christ. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, what's yeah. wrong with her? You know, or the the age old masculine kind of thing. Or, oh, Jesus, she's got balls! Um, no, she just stood up for what she believed in. I, I I, well, I, she, I, I really liked her. I liked her a lot. She scared the shit out of me, but I liked her.
0: Well, you know, she started in the seventies, I, as I stand. So you know that. Yeah, was, she did. You know, so that was still pretty uh, sexist times. Oh, you know, God, the, w- women's lib was starting, but it certainly was a long way from. Getting everything done, so you know, she, perhaps she was tough woman because she had to be.
1: Yeah, no, I think she. I think that's exactly what it was. Um, and I got to say, uh, hell of a singer. She could sing the shit out of anything. She really, really could knock, uh, the, not only the roof off the joint, but the back wall went with it as well. She, she had power. She had subtlety. She was. She was a bloody really good singer.
0: Oh, RIP
1: Yeah,
2: when I go. And, you know what I always I always used to say this was a riddle that I came up with.
0: Riddle Enola,
2: me this, Batman. Enola, Renee, Molly. Which one's gayer? Gay, gayer, gayest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now you mentioned Molly and he's been in the news. Ah, uh, oh,
0: God help us.
1: Well with uh, Elton. Yeah.
2: What happened? I saw there there were some headlines, but I can't read Vietnamese. Go on, man.
0: Well, Elton obviously got uh, Molly up on stage when he's playing "The Bitch Is Back," and Molly's sort of hand standing over the piano. Elton's sitting down, and um, you know, Molly looks like some drunk that's annoying the piano player, but. Um, Anyway, Molly decides that he better just drop his Dax because I think he had a tattoo on his ass of Elton or something, but he felt that the audience needed to see that, so he's dropped his Dax. And somebody said that they could see his dick. I don't know. I don't know. Um, the vision I've seen hasn't been that, but it's like, oh, yeah, well, I, I just don't know what to really make of it in that it's another Molly classic. It's like, oh, Molly, you've gone too far this time. But yep. um, that's our Molly.
1: Did you see the footage of him getting up on stage, Brian? No. Okay. So he literally crawled up on stage. He didn't walk up on stage from a side entrance. He crawled up on stage with the help of a couple of other people, um, a couple of whom look very familiar to me. Um, and so he got up and, and literally crawled across the stage and then appeared and got up next to Welton's piano. He claimed oh, so- he, he claimed the belt buckle. Elton didn't call him on stage. Elton didn't see him oh. until he appeared, literally standing next to him. Now whether Elton knew that was going to happen or not, I have no idea. But it it looked to me like he went, "Oh shit, that's Molly." There was that kind of look, and I and I don't know that for a fact. But it was it was really yeah. when you see the footage of him actually crawling on stage and people pushing him up onto the side of the stage to get on, it's it's sad. Um, to see, um, and then when you when he drops these dacks, or the belt buckle broke, um, or whatever you believe, uh, yeah, and he's got a pair of tights on, and and he's saggy. Buttons, no, yeah.
0: that's what I thought. He had a pair of tights on.
1: Yeah, he has.
0: No, I had another look. Oh, isn't that? That's his ass. That his, it, it looks like some saggy tights. It looks like it's,
1: something out of a Monty Python film, Men in Tights. No, I, I, think, if you
0: have, I think if you have another no, look I'm not at having it. Another, I, I'm not having a closer I, look, right? I got exactly the same thing. Somebody said, no, it's his ass. He's got a tattoo on his ass." And he said, I think it's because I think he's got St Kilda on his ass. I'm not sure. But somebody said, no, he's got a John tattoo on his ass.' So he wants to show Elton the tattoo of Elton on his arse. Um, but I looked at it again. I thought, no, shit, no, that is his ass. He just needs to do some <laughs> All <laughs> right. Needs-
2: now, I've, I've, I've just looked it up, Kevin. <laughs> I've just looked <laughs> it up. Yes, Mr. The article. Yes. The article. Because mm. you said that some people said you could see his dick.
0: Uh, apparently, yeah. Apparently Brian said that, yes. That's what so That was reported to me by somebody in the pub, so it must be true. No, no,
2: not correct. Because the article said here, Molly Meldrum photo bombs. Elton John drops pants, but penis obscured.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, there was a- Yeah, well, that's what I I heard. Somebody they put a you know that pixelation over his dick.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I heard the I heard the penis was obscured. Yes. <laughs> the five foot four penis from, from, from England. Correct. <laughs> little Reggie the penist. Um <laughs> Uh yeah, so and and this has kind of ballooned into uh, got a little more controversial because Samuel Johnson's come out and uh, they asked him about it uh on radio in Brisbane and uh and he's had a crack at Molly saying, Well, you know, it's time for him to hang his hat up he's he he's jumped up on stage uninvited by Elton, um, and and you know made a made a nuisance of himself there, which he did when Sam won the the gold logie, and Sam said yes. he's never spoken to him since he won the gold logie since that speech, when Molly got up. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I just, I was watching an interview with him this afternoon. Um, said he's never um, never spoken to Molly since then, and he probably never will.
0: Wow, because he did really steal Sam's moment.
1: Oh, absolutely. Sam said I had a million-dollar moment to talk about my charity and and that, and uh, he probably cost my charity a million dollars on that night by, um, you know, (laughs) making a guerrilla warfare uh, sort of um, uh, attack on on the stage because he he said I specifically told him before um, that if I win, don't come up on stage. Please don't come up on stage. Oh,
0: right. Yeah, so. Yeah.
1: Not happy, chap. Yeah. very emotional about it. I saw Sam. Sam was almost in tears when he was talking about it. It was obviously a very emotional thing for him. So, he,
0: he's got a new book coming out.
1: Um, was, that,
2: was that at the at the Logies?
1: When Sam won the Logie for playing Molly in the in the
0: biopic, yeah,
2: yeah. And Sam Johnson reckons it cost him a million dollars. Well, it what, co- the it three, cost- people wa- three people that three people that watch the Logies are going to donate <laughs> three hundred grand
1: each. Uh, well, <laughs> anything's possible. Anything's possible. Um, uh, yeah, he has got a new book. It's called Dear Lover. It's out for Valentine's Day. Have you got a letter in it?
0: Oh, I've got a letter in it.
1: Oh, good, because I'm talking to him on Friday. So I've got the book on on uh, on my computer. I've got to read it yet before I talk to him on Friday. So
0: yeah, uh, yeah, mine's pretty funny. I think. Um, yeah. Is it a letter?
1: To... It's a love letter.
0: Uh, that um, that I met way, way, way many years ago, and I oh, talked someone else. It's yeah, it's to um, to some girl that just been a lover of yours at some point. You know, it could be wife, could be you know, whatever. But anyway, I picked an obscure one and um, wrote a pretty interesting little anecdote about this girl and how I was trying to you know, I really wanted to contact her, but unfortunately she only introduced herself as Bubbles and that was impossible <laughs> to track down. So but anyway, it goes. Pretty
1: good. Oh, so it's, it's about um, your first kiss.
0: Well, no, it's a bit more than that.
1: <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Started
0: started with the kids. Hang on, then, isn't
1: Bubble know. isn't Bubbles at the uh, the downstairs uh, a, a bar that you frequent underneath the pen, the Rockstar Penthouse?
0: No, 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 no. It's not Bubbles. Um, Hollywood Starlets is uh, my real go to place, but uh, no, um, I go to Central. No, there's no Bubbles. No Bubbles. No okay. Bubbles.
1: Okay. Mm thought she might have been following you around.
0: Well, she she'd would. Be,
1: she'd be 75, but that's all right.
0: No, she wouldn't. She'd be about... <laughs> yeah. She wouldn't be 75. Anyway. Okay. Uh, more deaths, Kev.
1: Yeah, well, today Gina Brigida passed away as well.
0: Oh, didn't know that one. 95. Good innings.
1: Gina
2: Lola Brigida.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's
1: a mouthful. One of the uh, absolutely one of the classic beauties of her time, no doubt about that.
0: Yeah, no, she was good. All
1: right. So since since we um, since we left, we'll get back to uh, Gina later. But uh, in de- since we left in December, uh, the Australian actor Tony Barry died at the age of eighty-one. He's a really good actor. On the 24th of December, um, and one that really upset me, Barry Round passed away at the age of 72. Oh, yeah, I saw uh, that. Yeah, good guy, yep. Barry. Ripping fella. Yeah, yeah great Barry Round. Lovely only, guy. Only saw him a couple of months ago at a, at a game, a doggies game. He, he came to the past players. And, um, yeah, no ripping fella, Baz. Uh, sadly, Miss Joan Sidney, the actress who played Matron Sloan in a uh, Country Practice. Yeah. She
0: was 83. She was two- she was terrific. She was good, good actress. Yeah, really good. And, you know, she played a part in country practice where she was a bit of a bitch, mm. but then every now and then she'd show a bit of vulnerability and you ended up liking her and understanding why she was so firm and shit and you actually respected her for it rather than, yeah, she it was a very well-drawn character. And she played it beautifully.
1: Yeah. Uh, interesting thing that my wife said, Sarah said, she was talking to her girlfriends about it and uh, said oh, they were talking about Joan Sydney Sidney. They were all massive fans of the show and they said, you know what, When we're, we're talking about her now. In the series, she was the age that we are now in that series and we thought she was an old woman and now we're that age, which was a kind of little wake-up call for all all them, uh, well, the 50-year-old geez, women. Who
2: said that, your missus? Yeah, Sarah, yeah. Yeah, I must get her well. over to one of my parties to liven up the mood.
0: <laughs> well, I tell you, I tell you what's even more alarming, Kev, yes. than than us being that age. Mm-hmm. It's always very sad when one of your idols dies. And you know, you get, wow, you don't. Know, but you feel even older when one of your idol's kids dies. And his grandkid. It's like and how I speak of Lisa Marie Presley.
1: Oh yeah, no, I'm getting to that one because that that comes up in January.
0: Oh, so you're going? Yeah, chronologically.
1: Yeah, just going My chronologically. Apologies. We'll get to we'll get to Lisa Marie shortly.
0: Oh, thank oh. God she's not dead yet.
1: Um, <laughs> 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 um, <clears throat> uh, on the 29th of December, Pele died. The, one of the greats, finding
2: maybe the greatest ever. I obviously. Reckon. Interesting timing with Lionel Messi pressing for that title. You can't, you know, you can't compare. It's like in Aussie rules or in cricket. Now, cricket is easy, Bradman, 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 but everywhere else it's very hard. Yeah. And Pelé really sums up the great story of soccer, the beauty of Brazilian football. He's... He did things with enormous flair, but he came from, from the mean streets of Rio. So, you know, the old rolled-up newspaper, best in the world. Yeah. I guess it's romantic, but famous for a few things. Famous very much in was in Brazil for his Viagra ads. Right. <laughs> okay. He, he was very famous for advertising Viagra. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, it's true, he was, but as he said, you know, as as the ad said, you know, make sure you swallow it properly or you'll wake up with a stiff neck. <laughs> right.
1: Uh, so, and he's the only one, I think he's still the only one who's got three World Cups. I don't think anyone else has got three. No. Nah, I think no Messi's one. got two and I think, who else has got A couple got two, but no one else has got three.
2: Uh, I think Messi's got one. Yeah, he might not yeah have I think.
1: One. Yeah. Maradona's got two, I think, hasn't he? Or has Maradona yeah, yeah. only got
2: one? Uh, what was the name uh, yeah. of that dog that stole the World Cup? Eh? There was a? The World Cup went missing once. So it got stolen by a dog. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. They found it. But uh, he's, he's got one.
1: Barbara Walters died at the age of 93. The Good f- innings. Famous American. Bar- uh,
2: Barbara Walters were parting. She's, she was good. Yeah, she and then people, if you want to know what my mum looks like, people always said they looked very similar.
1: Oh, is that right? They did. There you go. Yes. Hello to your mum. Yep. Uh, Anita Pointer died at the age of 74 on uh, on New Year's Eve. Uh, Kerry actually, Young, the,
0: uh, the... Actually, who's Anita Pointer? Excuse my ignorance.
1: From the Pointer sisters, your buffed. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's only one of on them left now, isn't there? Yep. Yeah, yeah, the... The one that's left is the only one that wasn't African-American. Wow, well, it's, it's just something about American food, doesn't it?
2: Oh, no, she was the white pointer.
1: <laughs> I knew he was. I had, a, I had a feeling you were going there funny, but I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't sure. Uh, Kerry Young, the Sailor of the Century uh, champion of many, 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 many Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, I remember him.
1: Yeah, I remember him with the
2: goatee. Yeah,
1: that's him. Yeah. He was very clever. He was. He was as good as there he uh, ever was, I, I think.
0: I think he ended up writing questions for Sailor the Century yeah, after did. winning it. Yeah, no, yeah. That's... Well,
2: that was the whole thing. He wrote them before he was champion. <laughs> I wonder you're the f- <laughs> answer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he was 83. And then we move into uh, January. January hasn't been... No, to... he wasn't. <laughs> what? He was... He was four score, plus 10, minus 10. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, January. Um, <laughs> 83. <laughs> um, Fred White from Earthwind and Fire the Drummer there, he died. He was 67. Then uh, Gianluca Viali, the uh, Juventus soccer uh, Italian soccer player, he died at uh, 58. Uh, that's young. Wow. Yeah, they they had a big the Chelsea game on the weekend. They had a big uh, a reunion of the players who played with him and had wow. a, paid a tribute to him. Do you know
0: Do you know what he died from? Because Panc- reckon as a soccer player; he'd be pretty fit.
1: Pancreatic cancer. Well, oh, that's bad luck. Which is the one? that Ouch. The one that you get you get on Monday and you're dead by Wednesday. Um, oh, well, thanks. And it's, it's, the <laughs> goodness, it's, uh, it's the one that Eric Idle has actually beaten. Thanks on this Tuesday podcast. Thank goodness
0: it's Tuesday. I'm freaking out.
1: It's the one that Eric Idle has actually got diagnosed with and has beaten, surprisingly
0: enough. Uh, I cooked guts yesterday. I'm starting to freak out.
1: Okay. Well, it's only Tuesday. I think you've got at least a day.
0: Uh, Mind you this, you,
1: this podcast isn't going to come out on Friday, so... Might be posthumous. Sorry.
0: Uh, well, you might have to add in another one in the death squad. <laughs>
1: I'll i I'll do a drop edit later if I need to. Oh,
0: no. We yeah, might okay.
1: we might record a eulogy to you just in case we need it.
0: Okay. Fair enough. That's <laughs> a saver.
1: That's a saver. <laughs> uh, uh, now this yeah. one's this one's scary. Adam Rich died on the seventh of January. He was in Eight Is Enough. He was the young kid in Eight Is Enough. You remember Nicholas in Eight Is Enough? The little, red,
2: the little blonde
1: head. Yeah, the little blonde head one with the little sort of fringe at there. and He was 54.
2: How, how did he
1: die? Uh, cancer as well, I think. Oh, crazy. Uh Who else? Uh, Tony Pantano. You remember Tony Pantano? Oh, oh, yeah. From I the
2: Tony talking. Pantano
1: dancers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's no, Tony no, Bartuccio. No. Yeah, no, Tony Pantano was kind of
0: his... Uh, or um, Tom Jones. Yeah, and he was really good friends with Lucky Phil's dad. who was a bit of a jazz pianist. pianist. Oh, okay. And so I met him a few times, and then uh, the last time—not the one the other week ago—but we did a big show at 3XY. They Tony Bantano was on the bill, and he sang—I um, don't know—some Tom Jones or some Bert dig songs. Sang the shit out of it. Oh yeah. That. But he looked absolutely amazing. Like, I think he was 71 then, and he looked about 50, it's that, you know, and a real well-looked-after 50. Um,
1: Is that back when you did did the Voyager song at the XY thing?
0: I was around one of them shows, yeah. yeah. And, um, no, he was a lovely man, a really great man, and, you know, he should have been in Vegas, you know, playing with Tom Jones and – You know, Engelbert Hoverty, he was that kind of great sort of cabaret performer. Yep, yep. Very, very sad.
1: Yep, 74 he was. Uh, Then on the 8th, Slim Newton, the man who had red back on the toilet seat, he passed away at the age of 90.
0: That song gave me a lot of joy when I was a kid. There you go. Uh,
1: On the 10th, Jeff Beck passed away at the age of 78. The Uh, guitar player's guitar player, I think, is the best way to describe him.
0: Yeah. Now superstar.
1: Every every time, everything you see a guitar player talk about, Jeff Beck gets mentioned uh, as an influence, as, a, as one of the greats, and then um, didn't have the commercial success that Jimmy Page or Eric Clapton or any of those blokes had, but uh, most certainly in terms of if you want to talk about someone who everyone talks about as a guitar player, Jeff Beck was it.
0: I remember hanging with... Um Rod Stewart's management in LA back in 1985 and Jeff Beck did a version of People Get Ready. Yes. And uh, got Rod Stewart to, you know, sing on it. So it was sort of Jeff Beck and Rod Stewart doing People Get Ready. And the management said, oh, yeah, they kind of f***ed up because we knew they'd have to make a clip but they didn't negotiate for the clip. So when they had to make the clip, Rod had to get paid Even more money. So uh, anyway, but uh, yeah, Jeff Beck—a big influence on many, many, many guitarists and and, music—and his legacy will live on.
1: Yeah, and and he's one of those blokes I've got. I know I've got albums at home in my collection. Not albums that were played a hell of a lot, but when you did listen to him, it was like he he was a technician. He was, but yet he had great feel and all that stuff as well. So. Um, knew more about the guitar than most of us will ever know. Um, who else? Robbie Backman, the uh, drummer in Backman Turner Overdrive, passed away. Robbie Knievel died at the age of 60. That's Evil's son. Wow. Um, he had pancreatic cancer. And then uh, the one... Well, he- I,
0: I, with Robbie Knievel, I wasn't going to jump to conclusions. Right.
1: We followed in his father's skid mark, so he had a, a career on his of his own, <laughs> uh-huh. own merits. Yeah. Um, and uh, the one you mentioned, of course, on the twelfth, uh, just the other day, Lisa Marie Presley. That uh, that does make you feel old when she passed away at the age of fifty-four.
0: Yeah, they've done the autopsy, and it was she sort of a double heart attack. But the tox the toxicology report won't come out for you know a few more days.
1: Oh, okay. But,
0: but yeah, you, so you kind of think, you know, you got addiction in the family, and. Um, yeah, fifty four seems so pretty young to have a double heart attack.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh,
0: yeah, anyway, we'll find out, and yeah. not that it really matters why, but it's sad that she's gone.
1: Yeah, yeah, you would hope that um, she can. Well, rest in peace, next. She obviously had a very troubled life in many ways, as well as a uh, you know uh, an amazing an amazing life in many ways, both good and bad, I guess.
0: Well, she had her son die about eight years ago, That's which right, is yeah. something you'll never get over. And you know, living in Elvis's shadow, you know, as so I heard Peter Ford say. You know, she probably could have just, you know, gone and sung Elvis songs and she would have made a pretty good living out of that, but she didn't want to do that. She said, No, I'm gonna make my own music. Yeah. And, you know, she she did. And um, I don't know if it ever got the airplay it needed to get, but um good on her.
1: I don't think I've ever played one of her songs
0: ever. She sings pretty radio. deep. Yeah, she seems pretty deep. I can't um, remember.
1: I can't remember anything ever being played on Australian radio, to be honest.
0: No, I think I've just seen it on TV or yeah, something.
1: Stand to be corrected, but I don't think that's that's uh, happened. Mm. Now, boys, one of the New Year's resolutions we're going to make is that we're going to try and keep this show to sixty minutes or around that, as close as we can get to that. So we're just on that now. So we're not having a chat mm. this week because it is a bit of a welcome back bonus episode. So. Um, no. finally you're, you're just uh, now next couple of days back to work. Head down, bum up, and off you go.
2: Yep, correct. That is correct.
1: Now, have you have work you, hard? Did you learn anything from the people in Vietnam that you'll take to the shop with you, and maybe even go and try and uh, take uh, you know the olive branch to you, the neighbors around you in the in the business community of?
2: Well, you know, look, they you know are what I'm alluding peaceful. to. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I don't know if that that guy. No, to be honest, I'll be like the Vietnamese, very frosty relationships with the Chinese
1: <laughs> at the <laughs> moment. Fair <laughs> enough. Just wanted to work out where the uh, where the China. I might try and
2: find a new bloke.
1: Where the fino chino relationship was going, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right. But yeah. you know, do you know how we know that mankind never masters time travel? No. Well, where are all the tourists from the future? So we know, you know, it's a pretty safe bet that we never master the ability to travel time and go back in time. You know, where are they all? Do you agree with that?
0: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm from the future and um, I'm maybe just having a quick holiday here. Um, I'll be back in 2075, probably Thursday.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, well, it's the same thing when when I was once asked by a girl, actually, no, look, I'm, I'm actually going I'm not going to say it. It's too rude. I've decided the other thing. We're going to clean the show up
1: this year.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh,
1: that sort of starts with you and you.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm in agreement <laughs> with that. And i just also like to say as a little bit of a heads up for you from 2075. Yep. This, this climate change is bullshit, guys. It <laughs> just get sucked in. It's bullshit.
1: Uh, is Donald Trump president in 1975, or is it uh, Tom Hanks?
0: No, but he's been put in a cryogenic chamber next to Walt Disney, okay. and with a view with a view to throw him out at uh, the year 3000.
1: Remember that's that's one of my favourite lines in all the Back to the Future films. That's one of my favourite lines when when uh, the Doc says to Marty. Uh, so, or Marty might say to the doc, oh, "Ronald Reagan's the president." He said, "What? Ronald Reagan? Who's the vice president? Bob Hope."
2: <laughs> <laughs> so now it there all makes sense you. if you're from the future. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Explains a lot of things, doesn't it, funny Well, mate, it explains fifty years from now.
0: Ah, oh, there you go. Well, wow, that, that that was the first clue. Yeah. <laughs> ah,
1: so we're going to go. We're now going to put together the little puzzle that is the life of Look, Brian. I-
0: I was only going to be here for a couple of years, smash the pop charts, and then get out. And then I fell in love, and then get me here for an extra thirty-six. But I'm I'm back back to the future on uh, on Thursday.
1: All right, uh, we look forward to that, and we look forward to the next episode uh, next week. But uh, thank you, uh, welcome back, finally. I'm glad you survived the trip and the AK forty sevens and the and the dodgy street food or the non dodgy street food.
0: And yeah. Just before- just could you give us a, how your local Vietnamese sound to the, How did, when they ask you a question, if you want something, what would they sound like, Fanny?
2: I'll tell you this, that I learned three phrases in Vietnamese. Uh-oh. Come on, which means thank you. Sing sao, which means hello. And the most delicious coffee they've got over there, which I've never had here, which is egg coffee. It's like a, a – it's delicious. And that's Café Trom. So
1: there you go. All right, so go into um, Lenny's and ask for any of those, say any of those three phrases, and uh, finally I'll just look at you and go, like, what are you doing here? You,
0: you want to get... That's the same them.
2: as when I said it to Vietnamese people. what's mercy? You, you what want to go...
0: about, mate? Yeah, listen, you want to get down there and try some Café crumb at uh, <laughs> Lenny's Fine Foods. It's the end coffee that, that you... The cafe bomb, the egg coffee you've been waiting for. There you go.
1: <laughs> All right, boys, have a good week. We'll talk to you next week. Ciao. Bye. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.